You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. At Bride Ministries, we appreciate our financial supporters. So much so that we have what we call donor appreciation, which we run at the beginning of the year. We did this last year, started it anyway, and this year we are continuing. Why? (laughs) Because we love you guys. And so this year, if you are one of our financial supporters, you received an email from us as long as you donated $100 or more. And We sent out a letter, but uh, if you didn't get it, check your email because in that letter, you got a coupon code and that coupon code will allow you to get Bride Ministries Church sermons for free throughout the 2019 year. With that coupon, you can get all of the Bride Ministries Church sermons that you want this year for nothing. That's a way of saying thank you to those of you that are supporting this ministry. Now, of course, our prayers and our podcasts and other stuff, its that that's available to everybody. But if you've been to our website, folks, you know that our sermons, we don't make those free. But we do to those of you that are financially supporting us. So, so anyone in the 2018 year that gave a $100 or more, you got that coupon in your email. And if you, you, you know that you gave that as a donation and you didn't get that email, write into us, let us know, hey, uh, Dan mentioned I should have a coupon, but I don't have it. We'll get it to you. Now, for those of you, we broke it down into three tiers. Those of you that gave $500 to $999, that's our tier two, uh, we're giving you guys a free set of Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall earbuds. (laughs) I know it's a small thing, but it's just a token of our gratitude. And so you're going to be getting that in the mail, and you should have received from us a email uh, just asking, you know, for if, if we needed to verify your, your address, asking, you know, are you sure this is where you live because this is what we have in our system. Uh, and, and for those of you that gave over $1,000, you are going to get absolutely free a copy of Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth, a copy of Noah's Ark in the End of Days, and the Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall earbuds. And so that is just our way of saying thank you to those of you that are sowing into the work the Lord is doing at Bride Ministries International. And I want to encourage you guys, you know, the Bible says given, it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over will God cause men to give into your bosom. The Bible says that he who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. Beautiful promises associated with giving and generosity. And so if you are thinking, I want to partake of kingdom economics, I encourage you to give. So with that said, I'm going to be in Australia in another week. Well, not in a week, but I'm I'm leaving with my wife to go to Australia next week. And so we'll get there Sunday. And I'm really, really looking forward to this trip. 
I think God's going to do some amazing things in Adelaide. And if you are in that area and you say, you know, I want to be there, uh, just go to our website, bridemovement.com, or you can go to bridemovementministriesinternational.com. They're both pointing to the same place at the moment. And you, you, you will find it in a top banner. There's just two pictures. One is about our human spirit ministry course, and then the other one is about this conference, Manifesting Breakthrough. That'll take you to the sign-up page and all of that. So so you can connect there. And we're really, really looking excited. I just want to you know, honor uh, Gateway Church in Adelaide, Australia, and Field of Dreams, working together to bring us over. We're going to just have an amazing, amazing time. Now, with that said, we have a podcast this week for you, Storytime with Casey Part 10. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a lot to cover. So I'm not going to go on any further. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. I'll see you on the other side. Well, folks, we are here for another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Now, today, you are going to enjoy part 10. That's right, 10. KC is still not done talking yet. No, she has more for you. And frankly, uh, you better get ready because we're going there. I mean, today is going to be... A reveal. And for those of you that are not familiar with Casey, we have done nine parts on the, the, the testimony of her work, basically, with, with me since we got started. And the radical things that have transpired in the spirit, because Casey has a unique ability to see in the spirit, especially when she is doing inner healing and deliverance work, it's... For her, like a movie screen opens up and she sees a play-by-play. And so she has been brave and kind enough to bring that testimony uh, to the public venue. And so, Casey, welcome back to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you once again, Daniel. It is always my honor to be able to share story time, Casey. Well, uh, folks... Um, we've been doing this now for about a year. So I, I do want to recommend, look, if, if you have just connected with our podcast, you don't know about KC, you don't know about the four podcasts that we've done, you're probably going to be lost at a few points during this podcast where she mentioned things that will be a reference back to other things she has shared. So please find uh, Storytime with KC and listen to the rest of her testimony. But with that said, you know, today we're going to be starting off on the subject of dreams because oftentimes when I'd be working with Casey, she'd have several dreams during a week that would open up revelation for us to explore during our session. And, and I just want to say a quick word about dreams before we turn it over and, 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 and let her start sharing. You know, dreams, Dreams are extraordinarily important. Dreams are a way that God communicates to his children. You know, you have different ways that God speaks. You have the voice of God. 
you have circumstances. He can speak through people, the prophetic gift, the seer gift. But one of the ways that God legitimately speaks to us is through dreams. And so, you know, it is good for us to develop at least a bit of competence when it comes to analyzing the dreams that we get from God. Now, not all dreams are from God, and that's an dis- important distinction to be made. S- some dreams are from the enemy. And some dreams are the pizza you ate last night. And, and then there are godly dreams. And so with that said, Casey would often have God-inspired dreams. And um, that, I'm going to let you get started and tell us how things began to unfold this time. Okay. All right. Yes. And with that said, Daniel, about why it's so important to begin to take the time to write your dreams down is because, you know, for me, uh, it showed me a lot of clues or led me to a lot of clues and also answers to a lot of unanswered questions that I would have for years and years and years. So I I would encourage you to uh, write your dreams down. It's very, very important. So this particular session started out with uh, three dreams that I had uh, before my scheduled session with Daniel. So I told Daniel about uh, the first dream when I was in a haunted mansion in another realm. A strange lady had a knife in her hand, and she stabbed someone who was hiding in a large cabinet. When she pulled the knife out, I saw that it had blood on it. Now, if you can imagine a lady looking at a cabinet door, and she knew someone was in there without without seeing or without her opening the cabinet door. So she has this knife in her right hand. This knife has a very long and wide blade. And when she actually, she actually thrust her hand and the knife through the cabinet door. Now, if you can imagine this, that she did not She did not break. She did not crack the cabinet door. She did not bust the cabinet door down. Her hand and the knife actually went through the cabinet door. Okay, and the cabinet door was similar to a solid piece of brown wood. It was like a brown wood substance. But in the realm of the spirit, there is no solid liquid substance. You can actually go through things. And that's what happened. Her hand and the knife went through the cabinet door and it stabbed the person that was actually hiding on the other side of that cabinet door. Now this cabinet was a large cabinet, and it was large enough to be able to hide a medium-sized adult. That was very, uh, very graphic for me, to say the least. Mm. So now, when this lady brought her hand back through the cabinet with the knife, I saw the blood on there, but I was even more amazed of how that cabinet was not harmed at all. It was not dented. It was not broken. It was just nothing. So then my attention shifted from the lady in what seemed to be the kitchen area 
to where I was actually standing in the living room area of the mansion. And I started to look at an old fashioned television from the 1960s era. And a news broadcaster said that the person who caused the horror in the house was dead. So now this news person was speaking in reference to this lady. And then the dream ended. Now sometimes your dreams won't make any sense at all, but then you may have some type of a knowing or an intuition that, uh, okay, we'll, you know, we, we would place this dream aside because somewhere along the line, you'll find answers to them. And I believe that this was one of those dreams. So the second dream I had uh, me in a birthing room, I was actually in a birthing room in a hospital in another room. There were young and old ladies with their babies and those who were ready to give birth in this birthing room. So I knew at that point in time that these were spirit children from these human spirits from all over the world. Yes, there were young and old women from all over the world in this big birthing room. They either had their babies or they were about to deliver. So these nurses were there and they were attending to the babies with their mothers as well. These ladies stayed in this same birthing room after they gave birth to these babies to raise them in this same room. And I was just walking around observing the whole thing. And then I found myself in a kitchen preparing some type of meat in the form of a roast to cook in the oven. And the weirdest thing that I, I thought it was very weird is that the the meat itself seemed to be alive. It was breathing and it was on a roasting rack. And so I expect, so I was expecting, inspecting all of these roasts on this rack that were breathing, that were alive to put them in the oven, to prepare to put them in the oven. Then I was at a party, what seemed to be a, a gourmet-type party where gourmet-type food was being served. So I decided to take uh, chocolate dessert cakes to eat, and uh, I actually put them on my plate. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to say I did not eat that food because it is actually spirit food. And um, I later learned that spirit food is composed of human flesh. If you're drinking in your dreams, it's composed of human blood. So I'm very happy that I did not partake of that, that deadly dish there. And that then the dream ended. And that was the end of that dream. And then, of course, the third dream I had was with me with a spirit husband named Hades. Yes, you heard that right. Hades. We were in a we were waiting on an elevator to come to the second floor in a university building where classrooms were. And I don't know, I did not know at that time where we were going. It was just that I found out that it was a part of me that was in that realm or in that dream. And her name was Hattie and she was tied to Hades. 
So that was a very short dream. That dream ended, and I thought to myself, now, what kind of a dream was that? But nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, guys, just for the record. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Casey would take her dreams to me. She's like, Daniel, just like she did to you right now, this is what happened. And I'll be looking at her. I'm like, I don't know if I have an interpretation for that. But here's the thing. This is why you journal. Just like she said, some of these things, they may come back around later. And it's like, I get it. It's a key. Another point I want to make before you get into Hattie, Casey, uh, on the subject of spirit food, uh, which said is true. And, and, and a lot of people do not understand that their bondage is often maintained because at night while they are sleeping in that subconscious state, they are being fed in the spirit realm, evil spirit food, which often is human flesh, but disguise or some kind of flesh because it's a covenant. And so when there is iniquity and there is uh, evil agreements that the person is operating under the bondage of, and they're, you know, doing their best showing up at church and all of that, but they go to sleep and then they're devouring all this food or being fed all this food at night. It's kind of renewing. It's like a renewal and a reinforcing of the evil covenants that hold that person in bondage. And so the evil spirit food is something that if you do find yourself eating it while you're asleep, you should immediately repent of that when you wake up and renounce it. And actually, if you have our book, Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth, that's part of the morning prayer language to renounce the evil spirit food. However, there is something in the spirit realm known as bread of life, living water. And it is possible to actually receive these elements in your sleep as well. And, and I will say, you know, there, there is a balance, like a counterweight to the conversation. A lot of people are under the bondage of evil spirit food. But if Jesus shows up in your dream and gives you bread of life and you take that and you wake up feeling refreshed and encouraged, there's not necessarily a need to assume you were conned uh, because it is a real thing as well. And so I just wanted to put that out there, Casey, because you brought up a really good point. What happened with Hattie? So later that day, uh, well, by this time, uh, Daniel's taught me quite well, everyone. Uh, I'm able to call my parts up and have conversations conversations with them to get more information, lead them to the Lord, etc. So later on that day, I called Hattie forward and she came forward, but she was not delivered yet, but she was able to come forward. So I gave her some bread of life to eat and some living water to drink. She started crying after she consumed the heavenly food. So I prayed for the true Lord Jesus to come and to speak with Hattie about the word of his salvation for her. And she accepted him. She desired to be integrated back to my core soul. However, there was a generational curse that needed to be dealt with concerning Hades and the covenant that was made with him. So all of the dreams that I had, the three dreams, were actually tied to Hades. And although she came to the front, the deliverance had not taken place just yet. So, you know, if you think about it, you can actually be saved. I know I was, but I was not delivered in many areas 
of my life. And the same could happen to you. You may be asking the question, well, you know, I'm saved, but why am I having this issue? And why am I having that issue in my life? Daniel, did you want to say a little bit about that? I, I just have one thing to say here. Uh, just very, very straightforwardly. Acts chapter eight is, in my opinion, one of the best, uh, absolutely clear passages of scripture indicating that Christians need spiritual deliverance because the, uh, the sorcerer, Simon, um, he found Jesus because Philip was preaching the gospel. And not only did he accept Jesus, but he was baptized by Philip thus fulfilling mark 16 16 he who believes and is baptized shall be saved i I mean he was saved but later on when peter and john came to the same area and began to you know impart the gift of the holy spirit he was bewildered by the demonstration of power and offered them money for that gift at which point Peter rebukes him, and he says, your money perish with you. And, and, and then he says, you know, you need to repent. And I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity. And the, this guy comes back to Peter, and he's like, can you pray for me? Now, here's what that means in simple speak. Peter is saying, yeah, you're a Christian, but you need your demons kicked out <laughs> and and the guy says yes please right so th- there's there's your biblical christianity in a nutshell uh, anyway go ahead absolutely now charles was 75 years old that day and he was ready for battle against hades however he mentioned that daniel and i still needed to focus on developing my spirit woman and her seven facets. So just before the coaching session with Daniel, I was reading a section in a book on how to close doors that were open to the devil by Dr. Olakoya. And the name of the book is Slaves Who Love Their Chains Shall Remain in Their Bondage. I thought that was appropriate because sometimes your parts can be loyal to to entities of darkness. They're programmed to be, uh, you know, even though they're um, um, tortured and, 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 you know, a whole bunch of horrible things are done to them, some of them will end up being loyal to dark entities. And uh, I, I love uh, Jessica. Is it Jessica, right, Daniel? That... Uh, she, she mentioned something that was very, very important, that um, she's on her journey, along with many, many, many of us, is that our whole being, you know, I constantly say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's my whole spirit, my whole soul, and my whole body. Well, Jessica was saying that she's on her journey to being whole, well, all of her parts will actually serve the Lord. None of her parts will actually serve uh, serve against the Lord. So 
this is why I was reading this book, because I wanted to see if Hattie was one of those parts that, uh, you know, was loving her chains. Mm -hmm. It's very insightful. So the particular section uh, that Dr. Olakoya wrote uh, was called, You Must Act in Faith. And, and in this passage, he said, you must exercise faith in God if you want to come out of captivity. You must be fully persuaded that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than all satanic weapons. You must be willing to step out of captivity by faith in the finished work of Calvary. You see, the problems and challenges of generational curses remains one of the greatest problems of the human race today. Many people are paying for what their forefathers bought in the devil's supermarkets. That's something to, to think about. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, it's true. I mean, yes. You know, I... Um... I just want to bring up a brief point here as well. You know, talking about counterbalancing some of the stuff that we deal with in, in, in getting people free. Generational curse is a big problem. And what the generational curse often does is it usurps the manifestation of the generational blessing. So it's like if a person is very anointed in, in a generational blessing context to be very prosperous, but there's a generational iniquity, say, that ties the family to mammon. Mammon has then the legal rights in the spirit to subtract from that person all attempts at acquisition of prospering and funnel it in other directions. And because the curse is in place, it's as if the generational blessing is being overruled. And so while generational blessings are way more powerful, it, I mean, truly, the Bible says the, the, the generational blessing, the generations of a righteous man are blessed to a thousand generations. When the generational curse is in place, this is why many people find that good things are evading them, even though they're saying their prayers, they're showing up at church and doing, you know, worship and good things. It's, it, it, and, and when the generational curse is broken, oftentimes there, there can also be some activation of the generational blessing and people really begin to shine. And so, you know, as we work on generational curses, we're getting basically the junk out of the way so that the blessings of God are able to shine through that individual and they're able to express the full nature of what God put them on the earth to be. Unfortunately, as KC so aptly mentioned, many times these curses, well, they're not our fault. Uh, they were brought in by our ancestors. And so we have to get out from under that wait. Anyway, go ahead. Absolutely, Daniel. And uh, that's what Daniel is uh, saying uh, when we talk about redeeming your bloodline as well. Oftentimes, uh, I have heard many people ask Daniel on the fireplace church meetings that we have on Sunday nights is, uh, can we redeem our bloodline as well? You know, can we redeem? Well, of course, you know, we redeem ourselves, 
but can we redeem our bloodline? And the answer is yes. So uh, dealing with curses on, on you and on your bloodline, it is very, very complex. But at the same time, it's very, very rewarding when you actually overcome them. And one of the major ways to do this is to learn about praying for Father God to uproot every evil tree in your family line. Now, I know you all are saying, what evil tree in your family line? Yes, that's right. Daniel has a very important teaching series about trees and evil trees. And why are they important for us to know, especially in this time and age, and what you are to do to get rid of evil trees in your bloodline? Daniel? <laughs> uh, so a while back, folks, we were working on a, a, a sermon series that we changed the name so it was the fireplace church now we're calling it bride ministries church so no one else is confused uh, but we were talking about the mystery of trees and the bible actually has a lot to say about trees sounds funny until you actually get into the fact that um everything about the new covenant and uh israel is based on the olive tree and that Jesus is the cultivated olive tree into which Jew and Gentiles grafted in as one new man. So the concept of trees is at the center of what Jesus actually did in, in you know, and, and you would say probably that's just a metaphor he used. Well, it goes deeper than that. And, and trees are highly significant from beginning to end. The entire issue of sin in the human race began over an issue involving trees <laughs> and so uh, all through the Bible, there, there, there's actually a lot said on this subject. I mean, I mean, and we, I, we were on this for like two months. And you can always go back to our website, bridemovement.com, and get that series from the Fireplace Church. But, but what Casey is referring to is a certain practice that sometimes, especially with some of these tribal groups, but others do this as well, they will plant trees or like a grove of trees and they're evil trees and they will lock up the destinies of the future generations to those trees um and sometimes when people astral project to the you know like what witches may call an ancestral plane they'll arrive at like a family tree like it literally looks like a, a tree in spirit and but that's like associated with the, the family and evil things get tied up in that. And so when we're getting untethered from stuff, God will often have us to deal with, if they're there, the evil trees. And um, it's, it's a real thing. It's a real type of witchcraft. They, they, they do have specific names. So I don't have it off the top of my head right now, but they have specific uh you know, names for these kinds of trees, even in like Africa and so forth. And so, yeah, we, we deal with that. And of course, if you heard me with Kay Tolman just a few weeks ago, there's Kabbalah tree programming and rituals involving Kabbalah, which is a whole other conversation that we don't have time to get into. 
here. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. And so uh, now Charles, who is my guardian angel, agreed that we should war uh, in this uh, vein of thought with uprooting the evil trees and redeeming the bloodline, etc. So I like to pause for a moment and say to the first time listeners of Storytime with KC is that if you want to know more about this Charles that KC is talking about, who is my guardian angel, then please listen to the first two podcasts and you will get to know him quite well. So, as always, our session is now about to, to begin, and Daniel will always start his sessions off with prayer. So, Daniel, after prayer, Daniel greeted Charles, my protector, and then he called my part named Hattie, who was loyal to Hades, to come forward. Hattie could not come forth because she was stuck in a realm of an academic university that was mentioned in my dream. Daniel charged his realm and the angel's realms with the names of God, and then he overlaid his realm over the evil academic university. Now you may be saying, he did what? Charging his realm and laying his realm over university and charging the angel's realms? What's all that about, Daniel? <laughs> and again, we find ourselves in a situation, folks, where I'm like, who's interviewing who? So, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> what just happened here? So, so um, we've developed a whole lot of language, um, a whole lot of techniques, a whole lot of strategies for uh, doing things in a faster way, a better way, a more efficient way. All hinged upon application of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. The problem is that I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which the Lord has prepared for those that love him, right? So most of us can agree that the Bible actually says that exact thing because I just quoted scripture, but most of us do not know what has not entered into the heart of man. Uh, well, I will tell you that what has not entered into the heart of man are large portions of our inheritance in Christ. Like he purchased it for us with his finished work, but we don't know we have it. And while it is in his word, we have not discerned it. And so what God has done for us is he's helped us to discern more and more and more of our inheritance in Christ and taught us how to use these incredible pieces of inheritance to our benefit. And, and so one of these components of the inheritance that has shortcutted a lot of work has been the archie. Now, I, I, I use realm as an umbrella term, but the proper Greek terminology for what KC is referring to is, is archie, which is A-R-C-H-E, and it comes from a, a few passages in the Bible. Um, one passage talks about how in the beginning, he created them male and female. Well, that word in the beginning is the word archi. So archi created male and female, right? So what, what, what that's essentially saying is that the archi is synonymous with our beginning, that we were created in the, in the mind and heart of God with 
anarchy, which is a realm. And it is an aspect of what we have in Christ that, that can be unlocked and utilized in our assignments in this world. And so I, I, I've mentioned, you know, different things at, at, at different times. One of the most incredible encounters that I had personally was when we went up in Australia on a tower to do territorial warfare for a city. And me and four other witnesses saw my realm or Arky manifest into the physical realm as a ring of light that surrounded the entire city and went into the sea off the coast. It was a ring of light and it looks exactly the same way in the spirit, except you can go inside of it. It has all kinds of stuff. Well, one of the strategies that we learned because everyone has an Arky and once it's unlocked to their human spirit, they can begin to use it. And, uh, I learned that I could take it and, and just put it over whole realms of stuff in the spirit, whether they be schools or laboratories or planets or this, whatever. And once that's been established, it's like you, you charge the realm with the names of God. That, that would be Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. We've talked about this on podcasts before, Casey. And, and um, that allows for the character of God literally because the names of god reveal his character to redefine the battlefield where any warfare will be taking place so what was a you know evil school or evil library or evil illuminati laboratory in another dimension now becomes characterized by the presence and character of god charging my inheritance in jesus which has overtaken their stuff and then you know we follow certain protocol and it becomes possible to take on entire realms and bring them to justice rather than just deliver a single person out of an evil region of captivity and call that, you know, a big breakthrough. And we went from delivering one person to delivering tens or hundreds of thousands of people per breakthrough with this upgrade in, in strategy. And so anyway, go ahead. What happened, Casey? Exactly, Daniel. So now Daniel asked how, uh, Hattie how old she was, and uh, she said she was 33 years old. And then Daniel asked me how old she appeared to be, and I told him uh, she was 25 years old. Well, Daniel asked how long she had been at the university, and she said that she's been there infinitely. That was her words. I've been there infinitely. Well, it seemed to be infinitely to Hattie, but as Daniel mentioned, we all have a beginning. I knew she had a beginning as well, as we all do. So we just left it at that. So I learned that a generational covenant was established with Hades before I came into the earth. Therefore, a part of my soul was dedicated to teaching the ways of Satan to generations yet to come at a graduate academic level university under the supervision of Hades, if you can imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. I said that is absolutely right. Hattie was under the supervision of Hades. Now, Hades is an existing spiritual being as well as a place. So let's review some scripture verses in the Bible to gain a better understanding about Hades. So if you do have your Bibles at hand, that's wonderful. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, 
verses 26 and 27. It says, therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Well, this verse refers to Jesus, who was rejoicing over the truth that his flesh lived in hope because his soul would not be abandoned to Hades. Did you know that souls can be abandoned to Hades? Revelations 1, 17 and 18 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Revelation 6, 8 says, I looked and behold an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades who followed with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beast of the earth. And then lastly, Revelations 20, 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. They were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Daniel, do you want to say a little about Hades? <laughs> uh, well, it's not good when you are married to Hades and getting educated in his school system. <laughs> that is so, so true. We had just diagnosed the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Time to get to business. <laughs> <laughs> so Hattie, my part, was under the supervision of Hades. Goodness gracious. So I, I learned that a thousand years ago, a covenant was made by my ancestors, ancestors to create and capture Haiti from the first act of disobedience in order to use her for evil purposes. So this was a time-stamped covenant to be activated after my arrival in the earth with my first act of disobedience. And we will learn in this journey, and I'm sure that many of you have learned in your own journeys that there are different kinds of covenants. Some covenants start immediately. Some covenants start sometime afterwards. Some covenants will start many, 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 many years later, their time-activated covenants. And this was one of them. So, Heidi was a professor at the university. This university was not in the earth realm, but it was in the spirit realm, as Daniel mentioned previously. So, Daniel said that this was a university of the spirit. Of course, this was an evil university, evil spirit university. Hattie said that there were 12 of these kind of universities 
that were located in Africa, on the moon, on Pluto, on Mars, in Rome, in England, on Neptune, in Italy, in the Antarctica, on Saturn, in Alaska, and China, and the Baltic regions, which include Denmark, Estonia, Latvia, Finland, Germany, Lithuania, Poland, Russia, and Sweden. So the group of countries presently referred to by the shorthand Baltic states are Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Also, the Ukraine, Romania, and Czechoslovakia countries were included in this territorial rule. So this is just a little history lesson for your information, but I know that there are many from all over the world now that's listening to Daniel, and you may be from these countries, and some answers, you may be getting some answers to some unexplained situations in your life right now. So Hattie named the first nine universities, and Charles, my protector, named the last three universities. When Charles named Russia as the 12th university that had influence over the Baltic states, as mentioned previously, which included the Ukraine, uh, Romania, and Czechoslovakia, that was uh, very important. So Hattie said that uranium was used as the power source for these universities. These universities were joined together as a network and they were joined by cords. And this network of university was tied, the, the network of the universities was tied to a uranium power grid. Now Daniel prayed <clears throat> that the human spirits would be taken out of these universities and be taken to the third heaven for processing. So he prayed that soul parts who were unwilling to stand under the glory to witness their own judgment and to witness the cosmic recording of all those spirits for justice. Now I like to pause here because Daniel just mentioned about uh, it was far better to uh, deliver many, many people. And most of the time in our sessions, our coaching sessions, uh, we would go to a place to deliver one part of me, but come to find out there were many, many, many parts of other human spirits that needed to be rescued and delivered as well. And this is exactly the case in this session as well. And um, I, I just want to in, in, insert one thing here, you know, um, you know, these details that, that Casey is, I mean, rec recording to you, I mean, this is what came back to her, you know, I mean, Hattie did say uranium. I, I, I was probably just as shocked as you are um, hearing that information. I can say this. The first time I heard about these schools of the evil spirit kingdom was when I read uh, a book by Emmanuel Eni. And anyone, it's called Delivered from the Powers of Darkness, and anyone can find it online. It's, it's, it's available just as like a blog, essentially. But he talks about being taken to a city under the sea where he attended a school to learn deeper witchcraft. And 
there, there are many of these types of schools and university. We've run into them more than once with, with more than one person. I, I've actually um, run into this issue with several people that I've worked with, where it's, it's a specific school that they have parts that are either in attendance or teaching at. And they are presided over by these evil powers. They are to educate people into deeper witchcraft. Many times people have parts that are into deep witchcraft and they as a presenter do, have, do not have any idea that their broken soul fragments are involved in this kind of captivity and bondage. And, you know, broken people make up large portions of the population at these schools. They're, they're soul fragments that are running around and being trafficked between these institutions. And so, 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 so what she's saying was actually not a surprise when we ran into it here. I had already heard of these evil spirit schools and, and truly, if you want a really, really good collection of works on evil spirit schools, just read Harry Potter. Literally, what they put in our elementary schools for our children to get educated, right? Because they read Harry Potter before they read their uh, social studies book. <clears throat> so, you know, <laughs> just saying. Sad. Very sad. <laughs> but it's true. Oh, gracious. Yes. I would encourage to begin to seek the Lord more so today than anything else. You know, Father God, he wants us to come out from among them, literally come out from among them. And the more we come out from them, from among them, the more we begin to understand what Lucifer and uh, the kingdom of darkness is actually doing to the human race. So Daniel started in with warfare. So he smuted the pillars of the universities for utter destruction. In other words, Daniel was, was all about destruction at this point of time. So that means that Daniel actually hit the pillars of the 12 university for their final destruction. He abducted the libraries to be plundered. Now, some of you may say, can libraries actually be abducted or kidnapped? And uh, a better word to describe this scene is snatched. So Daniel snatched the libraries to be plundered as he was praying. Daniel commanded the air and war quakes over and under these universities. He bound the ruling spirits and he forced them to be put in dark places in the heavenlies for torment. Daniel called for brutal affliction on the ruling spirits. Matthew eleven twelve says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent takes it by force. Daniel? Yeah. Uh, so that happened. <laughs> I, um, we have a, a, a course that I'm, I'm developing for the, the Bride Ministries Institute called uh, Realms and the Mysteries of Reality. It's probably about 80% as of the recording of this podcast. And hopefully by March, we'll have that one recorded and up on the school. It'll be the first level four course 
of the Bride Ministries Institute. But uh, in that course, we're going to include the prayer that contains the kind of language used for this kind of a feat. Um, it's an exploit. And, you know, uh, th- this is something that I see as people are ready and prepared by Jesus. Um stepping into so that many, many people in the body of Christ begin to awaken to this level of, of, of exploit, of victory, of breakthrough in, in, in the work that they are doing on behalf of themselves and others. And so, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's available in Jesus. I mean, the body of Christ, like I said, we haven't known what we're working with. And so sometimes when we hear what others are doing with God, and it, we're not familiar with it. We just think we, we stepped into a, a scene in Star Wars or Star Trek. And some of you are probably listening to this podcast thinking that exactly. Like, what the heck is this? is not church as usual. No, it's not. Anyway, go ahead, continue. Absolutely, Daniel. And Daniel, you know, I also would like to put in a plug for Bride Movement Church. I'm, no, I'm sorry, for the Institute, BMI Institute. Uh, My husband and I have enjoyed thoroughly uh, enrolling into the Institute, which is a a learning academic platform that Daniel has created. The Lord has actually brought it into the earth realm. It has provided so much foundational uh, building block, many building blocks for us. Uh, so that we can begin to be lethal against the kingdom of darkness. And now we are out uh, helping others to get set free at this point in time. But we are, we are doing this with a level, a solid found uh, uh, and firm level of understanding of, of uh, the realm of the spirit. Mm-hmm. and. Also, the word of God, you know, it's it, the word of God is now read in a more uh, accurate way where we can actually understand what the word is actually saying, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare. So back to uh, back to the story. So now Daniel begins to Actually, he he begins to go to a whole new level in his war prayer. So Daniel uh, created, he begins to create these prison cells for the demons who were on assignment. And he commanded these demons who were on assignment at the evil universities in these prisons. He told them that they, he cast them literally into those prisons. And then he bound them to the back walls of the prisons. And they could not escape at all. Then Daniel commanded the prison cages to be cast into the abyss and to be set on fire. Then Daniel rained down hailstones and coals of fire on the university. Daniel called in a multitude of engines of war to catapult the the universities out of its realm. Daniel commanded the locusts to land on those universities. And at that point, I saw locusts consuming their financial resources and whatever books and documents that were left in those libraries. 
Daniel commanded the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah to rain down a ruinous heap of fire, sulfur, and brimstone on the universities. I saw what appeared to be JDAM bombs released to pierce through the buildings of the university and they penetrated through the land underneath the buildings. They also hit the surrounding lands around the buildings on the university and they blew them all up. It was like one consuming explosive atomic ball of fire that was going on at that point in time. That's what it looked like to me. So uh, I would encourage you, if, uh, if you would like to look up JDAM to see what they look like, because actually these JDAMs actually look like the JDAMs that we actually use in our wars today, the United States uh, uh, Air Force will actually use these JDAMs. It's J dash d-a-m bombs if you look that up in uh in on youtube you will actually see them and uh you'll have an idea of actually what i saw in the realm of the spirit so daniel asked me if there were any human spirits who witnessed the glory but did not repent and i said yes now at this point in time uh when we're in the spirit realm we can be in several different places at the same time. So now, when Daniel asked me if there were any human spirits who witnessed the glory but didn't repent, he was mentioning the court scene because the court scene was going on the same time while Daniel was blowing the universities out of, out of nowhere. You know, he was just destroying them. So I, I told him that yes, I saw them uh, being removed from heaven with no mercy because they did not repent. And you know, that was one thing that was I, I was amazed about because the human spirits, even though they saw the glory of God and they had another chance to change their minds when they were given the opportunity to do so, they didn't. And every time I see that, I'm just amazed at that. But that, that is, you know, the human spirits, God's given us a free will. And I'm just amazed that some of them will still say no. So when, uh, when Hattie was released from the university, this is uh, um, afterwards when Daniel destroyed the university, Hattie was released along with several other human spirits. They were released from the university and just so happened this university that Hattie was assigned to was in Africa. So she came to the front and she was freely talking to Daniel at this point. And uh, she said that she was ready to be re reintegrated back into my soul's core. So she said she didn't want to be alone. She didn't want to be away from my soul's core. And then she started to cry and sorrow for participating in such abominable acts as a professor under Hades' influence. So Daniel prayed to Lord Jesus to restore my part back to my soul. Now note, it's always amazing to feel another part being restored back to my soul's core. I mean, you, it's, it, it's very tangible. You can actually feel 
a part of you being restored back to you. You know, Psalms 23 says that he restores my soul. Literally, when he's restoring back parts of me to my soul, you can feel it. It feels like another, you know, your soul, a wholeness is coming to your soul. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Hmm. So Hattie uh, was good and uh, saved that day, the save the least. She went through part of that salvation with me. And then Daniel completed her full salvation at that time and reunited uh, her back to my core soul, which was wonderful. So now I, I like to say this, um, that Daniel has several books. And um, in one of the books, uh, uh, which is uh, um, a major book right now, that I would encourage you to get is uh, Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And in that book is a prayer called Freedom from Principalities and Fallen Angels. Well, that's the prayer that Daniel used to free me, free every part of me from Hades. That is a very, very good book. Now, if you're wondering where can you get that book, you can go to the website, breadridemovement.com, or you can order it from Amazon. Daniel? I, I just want to say, folks, um, I, I don't pay KC for these commercials. The, the, these are absolutely unrequired plugs, uh, unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I understand, Daniel, that, you know, as you're listening, as we're listening to this, uh, it's always good to put in where the resources are coming from so that when you get the resource and you listen to the podcast this time and listen to it again after you read the uh, wonderful things that you put together, things begin to come together. And it also gives you great encouragement to begin to pray in effective and powerful ways for yourself. So that's why I always emphasize your products because they are just absolutely wonderful. My husband and I, oh goodness gracious, it's like we can't get enough of your your product. And no, you haven't paid me, you haven't told me to no, I just it's is I just have to tell it. <laughs> so um why don't you continue telling us? about what happened next because we still had these birthing centers to deal with right and so go ahead and pick up and uh let us know what took place okay all right at the birthing centers now if you don't mind daniel i just like to give just one more praise about your work is that okay all right and this is from one of the bride tribe members from australia her name is julie Julie uh, took her son to, to visit a former church, and she didn't know that a pastor from Uganda was there. So Julie uh, said that the pastor from Uganda located her and her son, and uh, he prophesied to them, and it was so accurate. It, it was so on point. And uh, Julie was just so encouraged, both she and her son were just so encouraged by the very accuracy of the prophecy that the man of God actually 
uh, delivered to them. And mm -hmm. as Julie and her son were walking back to their seats, the man of God turns around and he says to, to them, oh, by the way, keep those prayers going because they're working. Now, he did not know that Julie was praying the prayers from Daniel's book, Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And at that time, at that moment in time, the pastor from Uganda did not know who Daniel was, what he was doing, nothing. Well, he knows now because Julie told him all about it and gave him, you know, his website. But I think that this is just another testimony to Daniel and his work and how effective it is in our lives, all of our lives. So I just wanted to put that plug in there too, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so um, so let's get back to the battle. So now the battle was not over yet because Charles, my guardian angel, was ready to destroy the birthing rooms with the women and children in it. The angels from Orion came for battle as well. Okay, now, now you're saying Orion, angels, God's angels on Orion, and now they're coming to do battle? They're coming to help Daniel? The answer is yes. So the Storytime KC uh, podcast number three gives more details about the angels from Orion if you like to learn how they got there. It's very interesting. Then Daniel called forth a destruction of all women and children in that birthing room. The angels engaged in battle and used their weapons to destroy them. Charles opened his realm and sucked out the life force from that birthing room that was used to keep these beings alive. Now, at the same time, Daniel was doing the same thing. He was actually sucking out the life force of these birthing rooms. And as he was doing this, the, the uh, life of the birth rooms were actually entering into Charles's realm and as it began to enter into Charles's realm, the life force of these birth rooms just disintegrated and they, they evaporated right before my very eyes into nothing. That's what happened there. So now when Daniel, then Daniel filed a motion in a court, a heavenly court for the discovery of the hidden uh, covenants to come before me that were established by my former generations in my bloodline that were affecting me in adverse ways. And uh, Daniel said that they would be communicated to me as I went along after the session. And they were. They were. So Daniel asked how my spirit woman was and uh, about my parts. Now, at this point in time, the war was over. Everything was done concerning that those universities, that network. I mean, everything was done. All of it was over. So now we can relax a little bit. So now Daniel has uh, changed over now to asking my spirit woman and her parts 
how are we doing? You know, and so I, I, I gave a summary of uh, our progress. You know, I like to say our progress. And uh, I, I understand clearly uh, what Joshua meant when he says, well, as for me and my house, we, he didn't say I, he didn't say he, he said, we will serve the Lord. Well, I understand that now. So yes, I gave a summary of uh, our progress to Daniel. And uh, Daniel gave me Proverbs 25, 28 to meditate on. And I still do that now. And uh, Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And yes, at that point in time, I did not have rule over my own spirit. So I do now, but back then I did not. So, Daniel, do you want to say anything about that before we go? Yeah, on? I, I think I, I because with what you said, I'm I'm pretty confident that people panic. Uh, so Casey mentioned sucking this uh, <laughs> life force, uh, life force out of this birthing room, destroying women and children. Like, okay, that's pretty morbid. Uh, the only reason why this could occur was because what appeared to be women and children were not actual humanity. Uh, whatever looked like women and children in that birthing room, um, it was qualified to be destroyed. Otherwise, there would have been rescue operations, deliverance of human parts that were being held captive, so on and so forth. And so I just want to say that so you guys are not concerned that I'm turning into some kind of... <laughs> Who knows what? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yes. So, go ahead, continue. Okay. So now, Daniel used uh, approximately fifteen minutes or so to begin to build my spirit woman up. So Daniel called forth my prophet part and asked her, "What would she like to say to me?" And her reply to me was that I needed to be forceful when I prophesied and to speak with the confidence of the Lord. I realized that I needed to spend more time with my prophet. And I told Daniel that I've noticed how my prophet will come to the front when I do begin to prophesy. So I started to uh, realize who was doing what at, at a certain time. And I knew that my prophet would come to the front when I would actually prophesy. So Daniel asked me about my ruler. So my ruler was loud for purpose in my previous podcast, especially the beginning, the, the earlier ones, uh, when Daniel activated my ruler, she is something else. She's very, very loud. And uh, I told him that the principalities and the powers of heaven could not stand my ruler. And, uh, you know, I told uh, Daniel that whenever she goes on a conquest, that, and when she fights, when she's actually fighting in battles, she has this uh, terrible war cry that even the evil powers tremble in fear to the point of being paralyzed whenever she's around in that in that realm, in that sphere. So I told Daniel that my ruler had grown in stature 
as a result of her fighting in battles. And, and that's what she loves to do. So uh, that's my ruler. So uh, next was uh, I told Daniel how I noticed that my teacher, she would come forward or come to the front when I find myself just naturally teaching or explaining something about God or the kingdom of God to people that are asking questions or people that I'm around, that she would just naturally come to the front and uh, revelation knowledge would begin to flow in a teaching manner. I noticed that. And that's wonderful. That's very wonderful to know. And so now I told Daniel that my mercy will impart to my soul compassion to those who have treated me wrongly. Now this is a miracle within itself. I mean, because then it's also the power of God, you know, because I, I have not been known as a person to actually have compassion on someone who's actually treated me very wrongly. But now I've gotten to the point where my mercy will impart that uh, compassion to my heart. I, I can feel the compassion for the person who's actually treated me wrongly. And I, that's one thing I have to thank God for that. It's, it's just a wonderful thing to experience. So now Daniel goes back to my prophet and he uh, asked her if there was anything she needed to say to him. And my prophet replied that Daniel needs to step up to a new level of prophesying to the nations. And she said that when she said that, I actually saw direct fire coming from Daniel and engulfing the nations as he would talk and prophesy to and over them. And so then my uh, prophet began, my prophet continues, and she says, it's time for Daniel to step into his authority to prophesy over nations. And when he does, there will be immediate manifestations in the earth from the words that he releases over and to them. I thought that was awesome. That was very awesome. Daniel? <laughs> I'm like, wow. Praise Jesus. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, this is something that, you know, we, we, we're looking forward to. Uh, and, and when I travel to other nations, you know, I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit what, what needs to be done here regionally, territorially. I, I don't travel to other nations with it in mind, even now that um, I'm just going there to speak a message or to get a speaking engagement. Say I have something to fill up my, you know, <laughs> calendar with or something like that. No, it's what, what is the Lord going to do that shifts this region? And that, that is the mindset that I carry whenever I travel, um, which isn't as often now as it probably will be in the future. And so, you know, I, I just received that, but it's uh, interesting when it happened. Very powerful. Oh, yeah. So, so Daniel called forth my teacher, and uh, he asked her, what would she like to say to me? And she replied, for me to teach with more accuracy. So Daniel asked her, how would that be done? And she said that I would have to sacrifice more of my time of being in the word of God by studying and praying the word as well. And so I received that. So Daniel called my exhorter to come forward. And 
I would I would so encourage you to go back to the first couple of podcasts to uh, meet all this uh, all of my facets of my spirit woman, especially my exhorter. She is so bubbly. Uh, Daniel gave her a megaphone and some pom poms because she, she actually requested it. But she is just so bubbly. So she told. Uh, Daniel told her that uh, he was glad to see her come forward, and she enthusiastically said that uh, she was glad too. So Daniel asked her, what would she like to say to me? And she replied uh, to me that I need to encourage myself more in the Lord and stop depending on external remedies and external sources. So I received that as well. So as the time began to draw to an end, uh, we closed that session, and uh, that was the end of that first session. So now another week passes by, days pass by, and I have more dreams before I meet Daniel again for another session. So this dream was that I was with a spirit husband who had spiritual influences over the stock market and trading platforms. Now, we have been victimized by, the, by Wall Street. We have not learned how to stop the corruption yet on Wall Street, but we're getting there. So this seemed to be a human spirit, though, and I saw him appear before me, and this human spirit molested a, a, a woman by fondling her, and she also seemed to be a human spirit. And this was in front of me, and also a crowd of people, and we were all waiting to get on the bus. So then this violated woman started to cry, and the human spirit man seemed to apologize, but I sensed that he really didn't mean it. So the scene was set up. Actually, it was a trap. Because what he wanted is that he attempted to draw me into the situation that will put more bondage on me. And I, I'm so glad that I chose not to get involved with that. So then the scene changed where I arrived at a summer home and it, it was also a resort. I was in a hallway and I saw what seemed to be a human spirit husband and we went to the bedroom suite. The bed, this bed appears out of nowhere on the floor. So we get in fully clothed. Many people come in and out of the room to get instructions with, from the spirit man. So I attempted to hide myself under the cover. And by, my way, by the way, this is so disgusting. It's, it's, you know, Satan, he divides. When your house is divided, you can't stand. And so what he does is that he specializes in dividing and splitting you and assigning all these spirit husbands. And with men, it's the opposite. He assigns all these spirit wives to keep you divided. You can't stand, etc. So finally, I'm coming to the end of this journey with all of these spirit husbands. But uh, this was just one of the last ones in my journey. So anyway, I attempted to hide under the cover, but I couldn't. And so I decided just to get out of the bed. Well, afterwards, I saw the human spirit man get up and he headed to a room to talk with someone whom he employed. And he was also uh, a spirit man as well. And they were whispering to each other about the value of the Vietnamese dong. 
Now they were giving different values on the dong and that this employee was supposed to go to Wall Street to manipulate the rate of the dong in order to cause the market to become unstable and causing a multitude of investors, investors to lose lots of money during the trading hours. So I tried to listen to those rates uh, that they were discussing. And, uh, you know, they said, you know, sometimes it's going to be 0 0.009, 0 0.099 cents, etc. So I quickly exited the room with the intent to go to the bank to exchange the dong. And then, of course, that dream ended. So the next dream is that I was trying to accomplish a business task and I could not progress. So I was being held back by an impure and a perverse spirit. So I researched the meaning of the word perverse and I came to a Bible verse, Jude 7 in the Bible. And uh, it was the New American Standard Bible at that time that I was reading. So June, Jude, J-U-D-E 7, verse 7, says that just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way, these indulge in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing punishment of eternal fire. Now, in this particular case, I was more in tune after the, the sessions that I've had with Daniel. I'm more in tune with what's going on with me. And I, I, at this point, all I wanted and all I focused in on is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I knew that my true identity was pure in heart. So I prayed after reading that scripture verse, I prayed that Father God would create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit in me. And so I let this prayer cover my entire bloodline on both my father and mother's side, going back to Adam and Eve. Then I declared, and I also uprooted every evil tree in me and in my bloodline. I had a sense that Father God was interested in me and my bloodlines on both my father and mother's side, and he wanted them to be redeemed. Daniel, did you have something to say about that before we move on? Nope. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. So dream number three is that uh, I was in a realm where I was where I was uh, in a place that seemed to be in a outer space place. But I was in a summer home and many, many human spirits were actually traveling to and from this, uh, this summer home. So there was a small dog that I decided to take uh, up in this home and I let him jump in my arms and I caught it. Then the dog dies and it turns into some sort of gross meat for consumption to eat. And then I saw a older Caucasian man that seemed to be held captive in that region. 
And it seemed that I was in that space to seek for counseling from a spiritual being. It was like, that's why I was there. Uh, also, the other people that were traveling in and out were there for spiritual counseling as well. So now the coaching session begins, and Daniel always starts out with prayer. This time, Charles was 45 years old, and he said, we needed to develop my spirit woman even more so. So Daniel agreed with Charles. Charles, my protector, is mentioned, and um, although he knew about the spirit husband above in my dreams that we still should focus on the development of my spirit woman. So Daniel asked Charles about the spirit husband who was, and he specifically asked, is there anybody else concerning me that's married to this spirit husband? And uh, Charles said, no. Uh, he said that there were no other parts that were actually married to this spirit man. Boy, I was certainly happy to hear that finally, you know, finally we're getting to a point of progress there concerning all of these divisions and spirit husbands, etc. So at that point, I began to have a vision. Now this is right in the middle of the session with Daniel. I began to have a vision and I'm taken back to New York when my husband and I lived in New York. And we made it a point because you, uh, we, are, we are traders on Wall Street. So we made it a point to visit New York City, to visit Wall Street, and to just go into those buildings just to see what it was like. And, you know, just to get a feel of it. Now, this was way before the planes flew into the buildings on Wall Street. And we were in the uh, building that, that the Prudential Office was located in. So there uh, was a statue, actually it's an idol, you know, the bull idol on Wall Street that you see. Well, that's actually an idol. Well, in our ignorance, needless to say, my husband and I, we decided, we came up with this brilliant idea to lay our hands on the bull and to call in the wealth from Wall Street, you know. And we did not know what kind of serious warfare backlash that we were to experience after that incident, but we had to learn anyway. We learned. So after I told Daniel about that uh, vision that I, I was actually uh, drawn, uh, uh, had during our prayer session, Daniel led me through a prayer of repentance and to renounce the bull idol and the spirit husband as well. So Charles told Daniel about the plan of my ancestors who planned to steal my identity before I came to the earth. So Daniel mentioned that my life had been deviated from its established course. So this coaching session was to gather more information concerning my life. And uh, the bottom line is that my generations plan to steal my identity in an attempt to stop my destiny from being fulfilled. Now, Daniel mentioned earlier that our generations can do that. Uh, they want more power. They want more of this or that. And they will actually steal future generations or sell future generations 
over to Lucifer, the dark princes, before you even get here. So it is so, so important if you are having unusual manifestations, if you are having unusual failures in your life, in your marriage, with your family, in your careers, and you don't know what it is, this may be a key to begin your healing and restoration. Well, if I can just add, add one more thing to that, because you bring up, you know, very valid points. One of the things that we've run into is the idea that, uh, because there are claims in the kingdom of darkness on people's future generations, sometimes when a person tries to take steps in a new course that will liberate not only them, but their future generations, the powers of darkness will begin to work thievery, robbery, all kinds of misfortune on that person and claim the reason, and, and this will be like a courts of heaven claim uh, when you get there, that, that because they have a claim on that person's future generations, they have a right to destroy their finances present day. So there are people that are attempting to turn from darkness to light, leaving cults, uh, renouncing the works of darkness who are having their livelihoods destroyed and systematically taken apart because the claim is not on their life, but on the lives of their future generations. And it's kind of a loophole because their great grandfathers sold off the next five or 10 generations. So it, it, it's actually a valid thing. Um, and, and for this reason, some people, because they don't know that they need to clear the record of the future generations, maybe the unborn generations, uh, they continue to get sabotaged. And so I wanted to bring that up just kind of as a little dovetail to what you were sharing, Casey, but go ahead. Absolutely, Daniel. You know, I myself, and I have heard other people say, you know, when I was out there serving the devil, I was just fine until I decided to, to leave him and to dedicate my life to Jesus, now lose my house, I lose this, and this is happening, and everything else. Well, da Daniel, it is because of what you just said about our future generations being sold off. Well, and, and here, and I'll give you even one more, because, you know, some people, you know, they're going to serve God anyway, but because they are getting plundered, when they have children and their future generations in that state of plunder, what's happening is the children begin to associate a life of being plundered with a life of serving Jesus. And they get a really bad taste in their mouth for the things of God. They associate Christianity with weakness, with incompetence, with financial failure and uh, disappointment. So when they get older, the plan works. The claim is carried over to the future generation, even if the parent said, I'm not going to waver on this. I'm choosing Jesus. The assignment is on the future generations. And, and unfortunately, for, for many people, this has played out and things have turned out in an unfortunate way. But God is greater. Anyway, go ahead. 
Absolutely, Daniel. And and I, I just have to say, Daniel, I am so blessed to have been able to uh, uh, meet you, my husband and I. I mean, we thank you. I don't know how many times <laughs> we just thank you. We thank God first, but we thank you for you for dedicating your life to the Lord and to uh, to be trained by Holy Spirit and to be trained in in, in the ways um, that will that's freed me up. It's freed my husband up, and you are freeing many many people up, both spiritually and physically. So I just have to thank you for that, Daniel. Thank you. So uh, this session has actually ended. Um, you know, it was just the information gathering type session. Um, Daniel asked one last question of my spirit woman. And, you know, he just asked if my spirit woman uh, was assigned, uh, was she actually executing assignments before I came to the earth? And to my surprise, my spirit woman said yes. So this journey is very, very fascinating. It's very, very exciting and once we begin to know the kingdom of god and know how to live in his kingdom and his ways and learn how to fight effectively it really becomes it really opens your eyes it really gives you hope it gives you freedom it gives you joy it gives you peace i mean it's it's just wonderful so that is it for right now with story time with Casey and Daniel, I thank you again for inviting me to share once again story time with Casey. Well, you know, thank you, Casey. I, I always appreciate you. I appreciate your bravery and and you know the candid accuracy and detail that you put into these programs, folks. Like, I, I mean, I mentioned this before. <laughs> I don't actually interview Casey. Okay, it, she gives me a sheet. I mean, it's pages long with pictures. You don't understand. When she talks about these JDAM bombs, like they have pictures in her notes. So I get to see exactly what she's thinking. I mean, it's this is she really puts work into these. So, you know, I, I just want to commend you for all of your effort, Casey, in, um, you know, pulling this together and thinking through your own, um, you know, story. And so that said folks we are done for this week until next time god bless and god speak you've been listening to discovering truth with dan Duvall. this podcast is a production of bride ministries international visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.